Okay, Polini Perspective is back. Uh, we're p- one week post-inauguration. We're headed into President Biden's first 100 days. Yep. And, um, you know, so many things, of course, um, unfolding with coronavirus. Where do you want to start? You want to talk coronavirus locally? You want to talk the irony of Governor Newsom in California now opening up outdoor dining just coincidentally one week after inauguration? Oh, yeah, it all opens up after the election, right? <laughs> well, I'm, you know what? I'm going to play devil's advocate because you had said that you thought a lot of these closures were politically motivated. Do you think that's true in California? Um, California is just an odd place, so I, I really can't speak to it. I, I think Governor Newsom is way over his head. Uh, I have for a long time on a lot of different levels. California has become unmanageable as a state. The, the tax base, or, or, you know, the, the taxes that are, are required, I should say, just the unions and, and, the, and the progressive policies, um, it's it, I mean, know, other, than, tons of other, issues. other than the weather, it's, it's not a very desirable place to be right now. So, um, but let's talk local here okay. yeah, there's in, a lot our, going on. in our region. So Montgomery County, which I've ranted about for episode after episode, <laughs> the county executive, Mark Elrich, um, who I believe has completely mismanaged the pandemic. He now, as of today, or I should say as of this coming Friday, will remain as the only county in our entire region to have indoor dining closed. So so schools are still closed. Indoor dining is closed. The vaccine rollout in the county has been pathetic, and that's being kind. Okay. The website's confusing. The registration process is confusing. They're blaming the supply, yet other areas are, 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 are getting and administering at a much higher percentage. What, what has he done? And, and by the way, his decision to continue to close indoor dining is extremely arbitrary. We've talked about this. He has no science to point to, no data to point to, no specifics to point to on the benefits of going from 25, uh, zero to 25 or vice versa versus the damage it's doing to local businesses, workers. Listen, there's going to be no restaurants to come back to. And by the way, if you're still not comfortable going into a place, then don't freaking go. Stay home. Okay. So, so that's number one. This guy and his leadership is, it, it's just been mind boggling. I mean, they continue to put out, I guess, I don't know, these videos of, of Mark and um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's really shocking. The only thing that's kind of improved is sort of shifting gears to, it seems like Governor Hogan is now really speaking out and trying to really put pressure, at least yeah, so Governor, when it comes so, to. So, so Governor Hogan came out this week and said that he he's he's demanding that all school districts that have no in-person learning get back by March 1st. And obviously there was outrage and outrage. Oh, my God. You know, we got to go back. We don't you know, we can't go back. It's not safe. Bull crap. It's it's safe. There's been study after study that says it's actually safer than than general uh, being out in the community, number one. Number two, 
many jurisdictions, many states have kids going either full-time or hybrid, and it's been proven to be safe. My niece and nephew are in Connecticut in a large school district. They've had in-person learning at least to some degree since the beginning, and now they're four days a week in, one day to clean and kind of okay. reset. And I told you this was going to happen a few weeks ago. So now vaccines are rolling out, time to get back to, to, to work. Now all the teacher unions excuses continue to come out. Oh, I live with my mother, my elderly mother. I can't go into a classroom. Oh, my kids need to be vaccinated. Fairfax County schools are now saying, oh, you know, we need to have the kids vaccinated. Wasn't that story shocking to you? I mean, they basically have vaccinated in Fairfax County 5,000 teachers. The teachers union had demanded it. 22,000, I guess, have signed up or maybe 22,000 to go. And here we are looking at the first finish line. And now they're saying, no, we don't think we vaccinate these teachers, but we're not. We're thinking this is is going to sound terrible to my teacher friends who I respect and, and in their in the profession are very good teachers. Teachers have failed students in this region and in many places in this country. They are essential only when they negotiate. They consider themselves essential only when they negotiate their contract. It's it's a dereliction of their responsibility. It's a dereliction of the union's responsibility. Shame on the, the governors and the mayors that continue to allow these school systems to not have kids back to some degree. The damage it's doing, you can't measure at this point on these kids. They will have been out one year in a month. They are heading toward 15 consecutive months of not being, actually when you had in the summer, maybe even longer, right? 18 months before they go back potentially, assuming they even go back in September. So here's my idea. If teachers are vaccinated and they don't want to go back in, they get fired. That's it. They get fired. Like the air traffic controllers got fired under Reagan. They get fired. Simple. End of story. You know what? Either you're essential or you're not. The grocery store workers, the retail workers, reporters, journalists, police, fire, uh, nurses, doctors, uh, first responders, frontline other workers are all back. They're all back. Enough. It's and listen, I don't have a kid in the game, but enough. It's just it's terrible what they're doing. They have an excuse. They move the goalposts. They want to negotiate. They're going to use it as leverage to negotiate either greater perks, more money, what have you. Okay, I have a question. What are you seeing, though? I'm seeing a lot of stories being done that, you know, really it's like union heads saying, nope, nope, we're not ready. Do you think the actual teachers want to go back or do you think this is also driven by teachers? They, they don't want to go back. I think it's like any profession. I think there's some great teachers and they probably want to go back and they realize that they're not they're hurting their, their kids that they care deeply about. And I think there's a bunch of teachers that probably aren't good teachers who are lazy and don't want to go back. So listen, I think it's like any profession. Sure, right. You got good. Yeah. So, uh, but it's amazing to me that there's always another excuse now. But right. But don't you think we got it? Do you think it's coming to an end, though? Because, I mean, the, Larry Hogan, Governor Hogan basically said he's even exploring every legal action. To be, which is kind of to your point, which is like if if you're vaccinated as a teacher or if we open and you're not there, you're going to get fired. Don't you think that's what Hogan's language is beginning to lean towards? 
Oh, so after you said that, you know, the county exec and the the, uh, the Montgomery County School Board came out with a statement saying this is this is poor leadership, putting kids' safety and teacher safety at risk. Now's not the time to demean teachers. Blah blah blah. Then uh, yesterday, I believe Hogan and Hogan came out with a statement that said he had a product, very productive meeting with the county exec of Montgomery County about vaccines and schools. So we'll see. Maybe there's going to be some sort of like compromise where they open up two or three days a week. Some teachers could still stay home and Zoom. I don't know. But the fact is this year's shot. And now we're looking really at September. I mean, even if they go back in March, like, you don't think that, I mean, I feel like that would be a start. I, I do think you're beginning to see a lot more parents like on our, you know, channel, our network, like being interviewed, basically coming forward and saying, look, we really see developmentally how far behind kids are. I mean, you see in Chicago, in sadly. There was, an article, there was an article about Las Vegas schools decided to go back immediately because they were having a rash of suicides, kids at home. Yeah. I mean, we're, like, this is no joke anymore. I mean, it's easy, you know, listen, I have a, I have a good friend who's, you know, he's home during the day. He's happy that his son's home and that's great. So to me, give the option, right? To me, and I've, I've said this to you, Sarah, about Montgomery County. And now if people think I just rant to rant about him or, or I should say the county, it's the lack of creativity and the lack of a sense of urgency to reopen indoor dining, to get kids back at least to some degree in person. There's no creativity. It's a, it, to me, it, it honestly is stubbornness and laziness, okay, disguised as caring, okay? To me, this county has the money and the resources to do two to three days a week and also put Zoom cameras and, and monitors in those rooms so if a kid wants to stay home, or let's say the teacher's not feeling well, they could still zoom into the classroom with an aid and teach. Sure, and it's anybody that's a, not feeling <laughs> great could could be could stay. You know, if you do have a cough, a cough or something, stay home, come in through Zoom. A lack of creativity. It's a lack of caring for the kids, the students, and it's a lack of caring for the small businesses. But they pretend that they care by just hiding behind oh it's science or we care the the new the new one is we just don't feel comfortable with the numbers we're seeing like what does that mean like we don't feel comfortable with the numbers well you're the only leader of a county in our entire region that is saying that at this point like enough now right i, I mean and I, again i think people are getting to that. enough no, I think uh, you're right. It should work. Like we're a year into this thing. <clears throat> Vaccines are slow. I mean, listen, you sh people are staying up. People are setting alarms 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. to try to find a vaccine place, registering, getting there, no vaccines. And again, I've said this for you, complete utter failure from the previous administration on how to handle the pandemic and then certainly how to get the vaccine out and distributed. You look at other countries like Israel. Oh my God, they're killing it. I know. Small country. It's, you know, the size of New York or maybe even smaller in terms of population, but they're almost, I think at 65% of all their citizens uh, immunized. 
Well, blame yeah. the Trump administration. I do. But at the same time, then you are hired as a governor or elected. You are a mayor like, you know, Mayor Bowser. You've made it complicated when you didn't have to. Tier one, tier two, B, C, F, R, dot point, tier one, dot two. Like, uh, you know, D.C. said, you know, BMI is over 25 and smokers and this. Like, stop. Just people understand age. Hey, if you're 65 and older this week, you can register. Here you go. And Don't by you- the way... <clears throat> Go ahead. Well, no, isn't it? I mean, but this is my thing about the Trump administration. Isn't it frustrating? Because we know months ago when they had the opportunity to buy another hundred million vaccines or whatever, the Trump administration didn't do it. There was no collective rollout. So and you've heard President Biden and their administration say, look, we we this is because they wouldn't communicate with us. This is worse than we even anticipated. We're starting way behind trying to go back to just get people to wear masks because that could save 50,000 lives by now in April. I mean, don't, aren't you, don't you get like, so I know we have to move forward, but it's so frustrating what they did to this country. I agree with you hundred percent. I just think collectively, I'm not going to say all, but many of our elected officials in one of the worst crises that we've ever dealt with, certainly in my lifetime, probably going back to the early 1900s with, 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 with the flu and the depression and other things, failed, absolutely failed. They're not equipped to handle. We're not electing people who can handle crisis. We're just not. And whether it was on the, gover- the, the national level, the state level, local level, most have failed, right? And again, it's not easy. I'm not suggesting it's easy. I don't want to come across as suggesting that, oh, you know, no, it's hard. It's complicated. But you know what? It takes creativity. It takes a sense of urgency. It takes not appeasing one group over another. It takes really digging in and making sure websites are working, that the elderly knows how to register, that they're not waiting in lines outside. How about you close down uh, the DMV inspection sites for two months or three months so people don't have to get their car inspected, they get a pass, and people could drive right through and have doctors and nurses just stick your freaking arm out the window, get your yeah, get your card. Yeah, get your card. You don't have to get out of your. You don't even have to get out of your car. Well, it is so. disappointing. You know, they put out like a national report, I guess, of states of how they're distributing it. It is disappointing to see Virginia is dead last. Well, you know, yeah, we're the fiftieth. Virginia, Virginia was 49th. Maryland was forty fifth. Yeah. DC wasn't on that list, obviously, because they're not a state. Which, sure. Yeah. You know. uh, and but West Virginia was number one. I know. I know. You got to give it but, to West Virginia. They're no, like, but, they, but their governor. And, and their officials, they, 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 in advance of the vaccine getting ready to come out, they created a network of small pharmacies, larger pharmacies, wow. clinics, nursing homes, all these places that could deliver the vaccine, right? So, you know, you don't, you, they didn't have three, four, five, six hour lines of, of people waiting. And you know what? Good for them. Montgomery County was not ready. 
I, you and I talked about it real quick, and then we can move on. Before the vaccines were, were getting, the first doses were going to be delivered. Travis Gales, who, who's the county health commissioner and the county executive, put out like a statement or like a, I think it was like a preamble to what they knew was going to happen because they didn't prepare. It was like, you know, uh, you know, we need to hire more people or we don't have any, like, I forget exactly what it said, but it was almost like a pre-excuse why it wasn't going to go well. Yeah, that's so. pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty weak. I mean, 100%. Um, all right. What, anything else, you know, because we obviously have to talk impeachment. You know, the, the letters of impeachment were delivered last night. That was like breaking news for every news outlet. That trial is going to happen February 9th for former President Trump. Any, but anything else you want to talk about? I mean, well, I, I think I people are think coming let's your get the way. Vaccine out. I think, you know, um, you know, we just got to get going. Hopefully in the next month or two, you know, we've got a sense of urgency and just start getting people. Let's, you know, let's, know. let's go. Um, you know, I do think that, you know, I know uh, in, in D.C., I think the category is called essential workers and mass communications is probably, I think, two tiers away. So I do think that our our, our reporters and photographers that have been in the field since March doing an amazing job putting themselves at risk. Um, you know, I consider them frontline for sure. And, um, and, and listen, they've had, you know, another 50, 60 of them have to come in the building every day to get the news on. So I do think they deserve, you know, certainly not to the level of nurses and doctors and, and, and sure firefighters and police and teachers people that are- if they're assuming to go back. But I do think that journalists and, and mass communications people deserve to, to be put up. I think they're in the, they're, they're, you know, according to D.C., I think they're in the right spot. So hopefully that th- there's a way to get them get them vaccinated sooner than later, because, um, listen, they are out there. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. Um, all right, let's move on to impeachment. How are you how are you feeling about uh, the impeachment trial for President Trump? What are your thoughts, predictions? Um you know, this is the second time. Do we think he'll really be impeached this time? Well, he is impeached. The question is, will he be convicted? I, I, I still don't think they get the 67. I think they'll get a few. I think they may get five, six, seven senators uh, from the Republican side. Uh, but he won't be in, he won't be convicted. Uh, but I think they need to do it. They should do it. Um, so not necessarily related to impeachment, but yesterday. So I think I had told you McConnell and Schumer were negotiating um, a power share because the Senate's 50 50. Yep. So what historically what has happened last time was 2001 under George W. uh, They worked out a power share where in that case, the Republicans had the leadership, you know, in this case, Schumer will be the majority leader. They'll set the agenda but the Republicans and, and the Democrats will share committees. So McConnell was holding that up because he wanted a concession from the Democrats. They would never uh, try to vote out the filibuster. Right. Which then would allow them to pass legislation with 51 senators. So in this case, 50 plus Kamala. So he, he claims that he got a verbal assurance from um, 
Sienema, I think it's pronounced, um, senator from Arizona. Okay. And um, uh, got a mansion from, from West Virginia that they would never, ever vote to eliminate the filibuster. So he says, okay. And then he agreed to a power struggle. But I think he knew that. I think Schumer held out. And I think McConnell had to give in. And do you think that's true? You think that the Democrats will stick to that, that they yeah, will I not? Do. I don't, do. I don't okay. think Biden wants to get rid of it. And I certainly don't think Manchin, Sienema, or, you know, probably even, um, uh, his name escapes me, but I think the governor from Montana is also a Democrat. Okay. And, and, I, and I don't think he would either. So I, I don't think the filibuster is going to go away, but I think they had to get back to governing. So, so listen, so that's a good first step. Um, you know, I think what we got to do is get through the impeachment hearing and then move on from Trump, right? And then I think we have to start evaluating Biden and his administration on their policies. I'm tired of hearing, well, that was Trump or Trump. Like, listen, it's time to say, you know, for example, executive, an executive order, Biden killed the Keystone Pipeline, right? I disagree with that. We need pipelines. I still believe we need pipelines. He appeased the environmentalists. It's going to cost thousands of jobs. I don't agree with that. So that's a policy thing, though. We could we could we could rationally disagree on that. Right. 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 So I think, you know, let's get through the hearings and then it's time to move on. And then it's time for everyone to evaluate and, and, and hold this administration accountable for their policies and, 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 and the direction that they want to take this country. I think people are still nervous, though, that Trump is really not going to go away. You know, he's obviously he started this office oh, of the not, former he's, president. He's not going to go away, but he's going to have, you know, I mean, he's he's gone in the sense of policymaking. You know, if his minions that are still in the Senate and, and the House want to still carry his water, okay, but that'll only hurt the Republicans or those specific individuals. Um, um, I guess what I'm saying is I don't want it to be, well, Biden's just not Trump, so therefore he's good, or everything he does is okay. Your or concern every, is the press is not going to hold him as accountable. Uh, the press and others, pundits, and, and, and you know, just... <clears throat> I'm concerned that the bar is he's not Trump. So therefore, any policy he puts forward is an OK policy. Got it. Well, not necessarily. Right. There were certain things that Trump did from a policy standpoint that I actually think were, were, were good. So, you know, let's let's evaluate those on an individual basis. Um, I, I guess my point is he kills the Keystone Pipeline and, you know, to me, the headline should have been, you know, it's going to cost thousands of jobs. Okay. I'm sure there, I'm sure there were some headlines, but the, the most of the narrative was, oh, it's good for the environment or, you know, whatever. Like, okay, let's, let's really debate it. And you're feeling like already the press really isn't putting out that debate. It's, so, it's just more like, oh, he killed the Keystone Pipeline. That's it. I believe, I believe it was Margaret Sullivan over the weekend in the Washington Post that said, it's great to have 
normalcy. Yes, right. I don't know if you saw that. Article. Yeah, I think so. In the White House press corps. I mean, in the uh, White House press spokesperson, Jen Paskey. But don't let that lead to complacency and, and not holding them accountable. So basically, I think she was saying the same thing I'm saying. She certainly said it better because she's a great writer. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, it's yes, it's good to have normalcy. It's great to not be called fake news. It's great not to be vilified. All that's good. We're back to normal. The back to the way the, the, the conversation and, and the press administration relationship should work. But let's not kiss butt and, you know, like, let's ask real questions on policies, decisions. Like, this shouldn't be like, oh, my God, we're just so glad it's not Trump. We're going to go into hibernation for four years and then come out and, you know, hope things are okay. Okay, one last question for you. This is speculative. And then we can talk sports quickly and some pop culture. Um, Do you think that Trump gets reinstated on social media? Part of the, you know, a lot of people are saying, look, the reason also we it's appearing that we're back to normal is because, you know, he still has been banned on basically all social media platforms. Do you think they keep that? I don't think he ever gets back on Twitter. Really? You think permanent banned? Wow. That's what I would do. Hey, I got to tell you, it's it's refreshing, but you know. But why, anyway. why? Yeah, why would you let him back on? <laughs> well, I mean, if 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 Jack Dorsey, if Twitter really does that, I mean, I don't see Facebook and Instagram allowing. Well, you know, they're the same, but I don't, I don't know. Does Zuckerberg allow him back on? I don't, I, ugh, I don't know. It's such a complicated debate, but it's it's. I, here's what I think. I think as long as he's a private citizen. They won't let him back on. I think if he runs for re-election again. They probably would have to, especially if you have. Think, I think at least the start they would have to until then his rhetoric became similar to the violent or insightful rhetoric. And then they'd pull him again. I think they'd have a tough time banning him if he was running for president. If, and, and again, let's assume, he, let's say he had already been off for two and a half years, sure. right? So at some point, I think you have to maybe give him a chance. Um, all right, let's talk sports really quickly. Obviously, Super Bowl has been set now with the Kansas City yes. Chiefs and the and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Tom Brady does it again. Uh, what do you, any thoughts on the NFL and these games? Listen, I thought the, I, listen, I've said this before. I think the NFL did a fantastic job. Don't know how they did it. Getting the 256 regular game in, the playoffs were fantastic. The fact that Brady's going back to the Super Bowl—it's <laughs> yeah, like, crazy. And you know, and then people are like, well, you know, he threw three interceptions. It was really their defense. Yeah, it was. But at the same time, he made the big throws when he had to. And oh, by the way, two of those interceptions were kind of like punts. One he threw up for grabs when he was getting sacked, and the other one it wasn't a hail mary, but it was a. 50-50 ball that he threw up deep. Both were third down, I believe. And, you know, uh, Packers took over. I think one was at like the 24-year-old line and one was at like at the 30-year-old line. So it wasn't like he threw interceptions in his own, you know, 20-year-old line. So anyway, uh, I, listen, I think it, it's an amazing story. It really is. I know. The dude keeps I, – I mean, I'm telling you, I want the magic formula of food that he eats. It's like insane. And listen, I think it's a true, I don't want to get corny, but I think Kansas City wins. I think Mahomes is just too good, too good. And I think, listen, I think Mahomes is so good 
it's and I don't want to get too like in the weeds on the actual football stuff, but you can't get him off the field. Yeah, yeah, like, he is really as good. As a defense, it's so demoralizing. You know, third and nine, he runs for twelve. You know, third and fourteen, he you know, he runs around, cuts up, and then dumps it off to Kelsey for twenty-two. Uh, you know, it's it's so demoralizing and I think Mahomes wins. It's a passing of the torch. Brady's the greatest of all time. I mean, think about this. Without getting, you know, he's been in the NFL for 21 years. I know. I know. Patrick Mahomes was like eight or something when he was watching. He's made 14 NFC championships. (sighs) It's going to be his 10th Super Bowl. He's 10 and four in championship games. First time with Tampa, he takes them to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, he beat Breeze. No, his I know. Team, he beat Breeze and Rodgers, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks on the way there. Now, I will, the only thing I have empathy for you as a, as a white guy, are you really frustrated with the the ageism that's happening? I mean, I, you know, I got I have a little empathy for the men because they, you know, the press loves to just come after him all the time for age, you know, the goat and the kid. I mean, you know, I kind of feel for you guys. Are you feeling you know, it's it? Interesting. It's funny you say that. I think him, I think the best thing he did was leave New England. Totally, and, obviously. And yeah. I actually think he's more like this year than maybe in all 20 seasons with the Patriots. People seem to actually, not that they didn't respect him. They've always called him the greatest of all time, but it was the Belichick, Brady, the fact that he got back. And again, I don't think this diminishes Belichick whatsoever. People are trying to make, well, Belichick had a bad season, but Brady made it. So therefore it was Brady who was driving that. Listen, I think that's total bullshit, right? I just think that the fact that he could take a team like Tampa and get back to the Super Bowl is just just amazing. Amazing. And, and listen, I think it could be – it's a fun – and by the way, they're playing in Tampa, which is the first time ever that the home team played – I mean, the, a team played their home uh, Super Bowl. I just – the, 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 the ageism drives me nuts. It's like 43 is so young. Like, yeah. it's so stupid. Uh, non-football. Okay, well, I was going to ask you what your other thought was on Budweiser – um, for the first time in 37 years, not, yeah, not airing. Be in the Super Bowl. Okay, donating money to COVID, which is awesome, and vaccines and all those things. But I mean, a company like Budweiser, don't you think? What are your thoughts? Don't we need a Budweiser commercial of all years? And they're not going to do any advertising. And there's some other big names not doing it either. It's interesting. I think it's been a tough year. I think it's a tough year for CBS. So CBS, and I don't have the. My, my facts are a little loose on this, but CBS, this was supposed to be an NBC Super Bowl. Okay. But several years back, NBC asked, I assume the NFL and CBS, if they could switch. So then NBC could have had, could have the Super Bowl in Feb of 22. Okay. And then also have the Winter Olympics that same season. Okay, right. got it, got it. So they'd, have, they'd have the Super Bowl, let's say February 5th, making that date up, and then the Winter Olympics of 22 would be right after that. So CBS switched. Obviously, CBS got screwed because now it's a COVID Super Bowl. Yeah, right. so all the All the like parties, the, 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 the client activations on site, part of the reason I think Budweiser's not advertising, it's not necessarily that they can't afford the game spots, but it's the on-site 
it's the millions of people who go to the site of the Super Bowl, even though they don't all go to the game, obviously. And it's the parties and the Budweiser tents sure. and the Budweiser pop-up things. And the they can't do that, right? So I think they, you know, they looked at it and said, are we going to spend $10 million or $15 million on three spots, but then have nothing, no activation, no like... Product trying, you know, product, we, yeah, right, right, in Tampa. So, and again, I—that's my speculation. I don't know exactly why they they did it or did not do it, but um, well, it seems like it's going to be very. I don't think it's going to do a fantastic number. I think it's a big game. Brady Mahomes, Kansas City is going for two straight. Brady's going for his tenth Super Bowl. Amazing. I mean, he's in his tenth Super Bowl, going for his seventh win. Uh, to me, I'm just uh, my curious thing about Tom Brady is how do you keep up the competitiveness? Like after all, you know, you've already done it. You've been there. You're going the tenth time, but yet the guy doesn't seem to. It, he just keeps being competitive. Did you see the uh, back and forth? So the viral video of him walking Gronk's behind him. Oh. And he lifts up his shirt. Yeah, they're so cool. <laughs> they're just like so like, cool. I mean, Gronk is the ultimate meathead. But oh. anyway, anyway, um, Patrick, I mean, what? Yeah. Real quick, the only speculation now is, and I think Brady's definitely back. He did a two-year contract. Regardless of what happens this sun, next Sunday, I think he comes back for one more year. Yes. But it's kind of interesting where if he, if he ever was to win his, his seventh Super Bowl, first year in Tampa, does he then just say, you know what, I'm not going to come back next year? Does he go out as a champion? Because the chances of a Tampa winning it back to back is going to be definitely very, you know, very difficult. Certainly in the NFC, you have he, a lot of good teams. He totally. But, it should almost be like a, you know, if they win, if he wins, it should almost be like semi-retirement, where next year he comes back, but almost like maybe mentors, you know, the new Bucks does all, you know, almost like a goodbye tour where he he like you know plays in a lot of games, like throws, you know, but. But end it. I, I I would if I won. I mean, you know, yeah. what better way to go out? Um, okay. And um, Patrick, obviously tons to talk about. We'll be back next week. Well, Sarah, um, what about you? So you getting ready to uh, give birth soon? <laughs> um, yes, which is like a scary thing to think about. Yeah, I'm 28 and a half weeks pregnant. Our little guy is, I was telling you this before we got on, he's measuring like double what he should normally weigh. So he's probably... <laughs> They think it's hereditary because I don't have gestational diabetes. You know, I was like a nine pound, eight ounce child, which is like. Are you sure you don't have twins? No, I know. <laughs> I know. So every time they go, they're like, wow, this kid's really uh, measuring large. So he may be coming like the 37th week, depending on how big he is then. Um, but yeah, we're like 10 weeks away. We're completely unprepared as parents. Um, now, wait, when your daughter was born, where were you guys living? Did you, were you in an, an apartment, a house? We were in a town home in Albany, New York. And did you have any experience with kids? Like, what did you guys do? Did, did you bring her home in a box? Like, how did it go? Well, okay, so I certainly <laughs> had no experience with kids. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, Kristen was a nurse or is a nurse, so... <sighs> oh, that's good. That helps. Yeah, so I was totally frightened, like, just even holding it. It was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And I was good. I was good though. I got up, you know, did the diapers in the middle of the night. But I mean, listen, she was, Kristen was fantastic. Like she just knew what to do. Like I didn't like, yeah. it came natural to her. Right. So I was like, 
But no, listen, you figure it out. Just don't drop it. Okay, that's, I agree. That's what I say to Dan. That's our only thing we have to manage. That's it. Yeah. So it'll right, be posted. Uh, okay, Patrick, where do people follow you? Patrick GM Fox 5 DC. All right, we'll see you have next week. One.